What up, AOTA family? Welcome to Passing Period, an All the Above podcast extra. Of course, you know, our show, All of the Above, is primarily a video show. Our episodes, our full episodes that have guests and shout outs and headlines in education and all that good stuff, they drop every other week on our YouTube channel as well as your favorite podcast streaming application. Now, in between those full episodes, we drop these passing periods where Jeff and I take a look at some of the news and headlines of the week that perhaps didn't make it into our full episodes. And if you are listening today, this might be your very first time listening to all the above because perhaps you saw the National Education Association's tweet from a few days ago where they shouted us out and they have listed us on their Ed Justice website website as um, among their podcasts for power. They featured about six or seven podcasts that they wanted to shout out for um, contributing to the strength and conversation of, of making sure that we restore and usher in educational justice for all communities. And they shouted us out. And Jeff, that was pretty big time, man. I don't know if you knew, but for me, I really had no idea that NEA was uh, checking for us like that, man. That was pretty big. Yeah, man, I, I will say I did not know it until I literally opened up Twitter and for a sec I was like, is this some kind of like is this some kind of joke? I had to check um, that little check mark and make sure it's like the actual NEA account. Exactly. I was like, is this some bot? They trying to mess with us, man. Exactly. And then when I saw it, I was like, man, this is super cool. You know, I mean, this is the the largest uh, you know, union of educators in the in, in the country. And, um, you know, what they say here, right, is like, take a listen to some of the leading diverse voices laying down deep discussions about the joys and challenges as we join together to create a more just future in our schools and communities. So to be on that list, I mean, it's an honor, right? Um, it's, Big it's, time. Yeah. So and it's just great to, to feel validation from, you know, an organization of, of colleagues in our um, in our field. So um, thank you to uh, whoever the, you know, editing board is here that, that made this decision um, at the NEA and props and respect to you. And also, you know, some other great podcasts um, identified on that list, including a special shout out to um, folks we've collaborated with in the, the past. Homies. Uh, the, the homies from Denver, uh, two dope yep. teachers and a mic. So shout out to um, Kevin um, Adams and Gerardo Munoz um, for uh, for being right next to us on on that list, man. So that was good to see. Yeah, man, that's good company indeed. That was uh, super, super dope. And I don't know, that's big for us, for our little two-person operation, Jeff. And, um, you know, over there on the on the YouTube channel, now, of course, most of our AOTA family, they listen to us through the, their podcast streaming apps because, you know, we're busy, busy educators and, 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 and folks who work around the realm of education. And, you know, folks are on the move a lot. So listening to the podcast is a lot more convenient for folks than, you know, watching the video on YouTube. But over there on the, on the YouTube channel, we are just about at 700 subscribers, which for for us, for us is major. I mean, it's it's really major. So last I checked, it was like 698 or 699. So if you are hearing us right now, and if you have not already subscribed to the all the above all of the above YouTube channel, yo, yo, like head over there, youtube.com slash all of the above and hit that subscribe button. I think I think the young people say smash that that subscribe button, but whatever. Make sure you're subscribed and try to be that 700th subscriber. That would that would go a long way. And um you know, we need the love over there because uh, I don't know, Jeff, if you realize this, but uh, the YouTube streets are um, filled of 
full, full of haters, man. It's a lot of uh, negativity out there in the YouTube comment sections and all that. And of course, on this show, since we advocate for um, the most marginalized uh, communities and since we push for justice and, and uh, equity, you know, a lot of those, let's uh, just, yeah. Uh, somewhat uh, racist folks be jumping in the comments <laughs> talking about I'm glad my, I'm glad I'm pulling my kids from public school I'm glad uh, I'm glad I give up on public public schools and all that stuff so uh, we could we could definitely use some love over there to balance out uh, those YouTube comments man because listen, uh, listen man did y'all just catch Manuel rested trying to be generous to these ignorant clowns out there by saying some, <laughs> somewhat racist. I was is trying that, to keep it positive. What does somewhat that, racist even mean? I think that mean? goes You're in the right. dictionary right next to kind of pregnant. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you right. You right. You right. Out, outright. Outright. Uh, overtly racist. And actually, a lot of the comments that we've been getting lately have been extremely transphobic, man. Jeff, I don't know if you remember, but we covered a story a while back of a teacher who was fired because um, he refused to use a student's preferred pronouns. And despite the student and that student's parents and the administrators telling this teacher, you have to use the student's preferred pronoun, the teacher refused to do that and ended up being fired for um, not following his administrator's command or whatever. Anyways, um, yeah, we get comments on that video all the time, like in support of that teacher. And it's just like, so backwards, so transphobic and so bigoted. But anyways, that's not what we're talking about today, folks. Um, that's not what we're talking about. But shout out to NEA, shout out all of you who've been with us for, for a minute as we have try to uh, usher in super dope conversations about our schools and about our, our youth and our students, man. So despite all that dopeness, despite all that good stuff, Jeff, this has been, this particular week especially has been a brutal week, um, quite honestly. It's been a brutal week with um, a lot of brutal news out there. And some of it is directly related to our schools. Um, some of it is, is, is more within the realm of the ongoing work towards justice. So Jeff, man, where would you like to start? There are so many, so many headlines out there from this week, man. Yeah, man, I, well, for me, Manuel, um, what comes to mind uh, first is, is something that, hits literally and figuratively very close to home, um, which is uh, the um, the murder um, of another you know young black man um, outside of Minneapolis, um, you know over uh, the last week, and um, and the the release of that film. The subsequent, you know, reaction and, and lies from uh, from the police department, the now arrest of you know of that officer and uh, well resignation and then arrest and charging of is I think it's second degree manslaughter, um, but um, you know in the midst of the George Floyd murder trial, uh, you know of despicable officer Derek Chauvin. Um, you know, we <laughs> right up the street. So folks, you know, folks who maybe aren't familiar are just becoming familiar with, you know, with Brooklyn Center. Um, you know, it's a, it's a suburb right outside the city, right? It's like a first ring suburb that has gone through a lot of demographic change over the years. Gentrification pushed people out to the suburbs and, the, you know, the city got gentrified and stuff. Um, so it's you know it's right up the road, man. It's it is not far, and um, 
and you know here we are again right um so that is that's very much occupying a lot of my my time and energy curfews being placed over the you know over the entire city all the like metro area counties um uh i got a text from a good friend of mine yesterday talking about there's just tanks rolling like full military tank brigade i don't know if that's the right word but like fleet of tanks and military trucks just driving up and down the street right i mean this is um it's crazy man they got barbed wire and stuff all all around downtown minneapolis i mean it's it's bananas right now so that one is is front of mind for me just for you know maybe for more personal reasons but obviously manuel we also saw um the you know the uh killing of adam um toledo a 13 year old in in chicago by a police officer with his hands up um you know not running away from police and you know not posing um you know a threat to them and uh of course i think maybe one of the first of these stories that broke was about lieutenant um, army lieutenant nazario um, out in virginia which actually happened i think back a few months ago but the video was just released um you know of the cops uh, threatening his life, pepper spraying him for no reason, um, you know, putting him on the ground despite he, him not posing any threat to them. Um, so, you know, just these repeated traumas, I think, of um, the ways in which the state uh, criminalizes uh, black and brown people, the ways in which our law enforcement apparatus uh, clings to its its slave catcher roots and you know treats our lives as expendable and the ways in which they criminalize and violently uh lash out against protest and and backlash from their you know murderous treatment of us um and so we're seeing all this you know at the same time and it's just been an overwhelming week uh manuel um you know our last couple weeks on on that front and and i've been um thinking a lot about it through the lens of school right like we're just here in california just transitioning back now into hybrid school and wondering like what potentially what possibility for student processing of these issues maybe even student organizing around these issues might um might be present as we get some tiny version of normalcy back in school. Yeah, and the thing about it is there's that, and you would hope that, you know, we could have those conversations about that sort of return to so-called normal in schools and and how we can help students who are obviously processing multiple traumas here between the pandemic and between state violence and between everything. But then there were also headlines this week out of schools that were not very promising, like directly out of school. So I I logged in to Twitter one day after spending the day trying to get my classroom ready for uh, hybrid learning, which starts for me next week. And um, I was just on it for like, within like the first 15, 20 seconds, I saw a headline saying uh, Oklahoma teacher who called their students the N-word has been placed on administrative leave. And this brutal video there of a teacher trying to uh, kick out a student and the student was like 
not moving very quickly and the teacher tried to grab his bag and he was like, get off me, don't touch me, don't put your hands on me or something, something. And she was like, you better get yourself over there N word and do it. And then like, just so shocking and so violently racist. And then um, another headline right next to it about Texas students who were disciplined for a quote, slave trading game where they, I guess use Snapchat or I think it was Snapchat. Um, it might've been some other social media platform, but in any case, a group of white students at this uh, Texas school district um, held this like Snapchat based slave auction where they were pretending to auction off their own black classmates, uh, which was just horrific. And then the Wisconsin teachers who had that, um, how would you punish this slave assignment from a couple months back, they, they recently resigned. And I just saw all these headlines back to back to back. So it's like the murder of Dante Wright, the murder of uh, Adam Toledo and, you know, this teacher calling a student the N-word, these students auctioning off their black classmates, this teacher resigning over the how would you punish the slave assignment. And then also the um, story by KQED where they looked at the numbers of Asian American students going, opting to return back to in-person learning and seeing that Asian American students are far more likely to stick to remote learning than any other racial group. And that's for the reason that schools are not safe places, especially right now for um, in the midst of such anti-Asian uh, sentiment and violence out there. So now we're, we're seeing Asian American students say like, no, you know, I feel safer at home because there's so much anti-Asian uh, hate and vitriol out there. And it's just, uh, it, it gets overwhelming, Jeff. Like, you know, this is just like in the last week, like this is just yeah. in the last week. Yeah. And it's just so brutal. It's like, where do you go for that safety and that comfort. If you have a teacher at school calling you the N-word, you jump on social media, you see uh, students at your own school site auctioning you off, you do this virtual learning assignment and it's talking about how would you punish this slave for not obeying you. You turn on the news and you see a, a young person who looks just like you getting gunned down. You you know switch to another news channel and you see more video of Asian Americans being attacked and harassed. And it's just like, where do you go if you are a student of color, if you're a young person of color and everywhere you turn, there's violence being inflicted upon you and your community. And folks are talking about like, oh, the pandemic's over, just return to normal. And if this is normal, and we didn't even talk about the mass shootings that happened this week, then it's just like, whoa, what kind of world are we living in right now? And how can our schools do better to support students who are experiencing all of this all at the same time? Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh... <laughs> It is crazy. As you just mentioned, we didn't even talk about the mass shootings this week. I, I was seeing a headline uh, just before we started recording today about the uh, the shooting at the FedEx facility in, in Indianapolis where eight people died, I think, yesterday or maybe the day before, that four of the victims were members of the Sikh faith yep. and that the shooter was a white man. And that they're, you know, pushing for the exploration of or the investigation of this as a, you know, as a possible hate crime, right? So, it is, uh, it, yeah, man. Well, it's it's hard right now because I think we it feels like a nonstop barrage, right, of uh, of these, you know, very disturbing and, and traumatizing kinds of events. Um, I, you know, what what is helpful in these times, I think, honestly, is just community, right? And being with and around people who uh, 
who understand your experience or can empathize with your experience and where there's solidarity across, you know, across lines of difference um, can be empowering and, and restoring to people and where there's shared values around, you know, justice and um, the dignity and worth of, of all people and around the, the, the importance and the, um, you know, the kind of unending, unending need for some of the hard work around interrupting these, you know, these dehumanizing oppressive systems that, that we run into constantly. And, um, you know, it's my hope that school, you know, in as much as the, the return to hybrid instruction here in California and, and the, like, move towards something that's a little more normal uh, in terms of physical school in many parts of the country, in as much as that can be frustrating and imperfect, <laughs> it is my hope that part of what we can experience even if it's just a little bit is some some of that community right like being in space where your humanity is acknowledged and welcomed um, and where there are other people who share your outrage at what's happening and and you know and believe believe in doing and saying something about it um and I know that sound maybe sounds like kind of a more you know amorphous or something, right? Um, but it's important at times like this, man. Like it's it, just because we have to be six feet apart and have a mask on doesn't mean we can't be in community. And I hope that school can offer some of that for for young people and for educators alike, man. Because teaching about this stuff has got to be hard too, because it's. Just over and over and over again, we see this. Yeah, man. Um, absolutely. And, you know, shout out to folks who have been participating in our Twitter slow chat um, around our episode featuring Joe Trust. One of the questions, the, the second question, I believe it was, was um, asking folks, like, what gives you hope? I think it was a question, too, um, mm -hmm. yep. about what gives you hope um, in this moment. And after a year of, of you know, talk in education circles about anti-racism and and having more equitable practices. And and um, some folks have pointed out, like, they are hopeful in the fact that they see, even though there's a, a ton of work still to be done among teachers, um, they're hopeful in, in the fact that they see teachers actually having some language now um, and actually doing some learning. Like, obviously, we <laughs> we got to get that learning, like, you know, we got to speed it up and follow through on it and, and make some changes to the actual structures and practices. But seeing folks um, actually be able to start naming some of the uh, systems and some of the, the practices. And uh, I think it was uh, Mr. New Love out there in Colorado who, who, who said, you know, when, when young people see their teachers learning, you know, the teachers might be learning a little bit. Young people see that and run with it. And I'm definitely hopeful in seeing how our young people are are catching up, not catching up. I mean, I mean we're trying to catch up to them, but our, our young people who are seeing these conversations happen among uh, their schools and among their communities, and they're taking that in and running with it. And that for me is, is gives me a lot of hope for when we do return to full in-person 
I know my, my students in the conversations we've had just virtually, I know that they are rearing to go in terms of standing up for and speaking up for each other, uh, for expressing solidarity with uh, Asian American community and with other communities and, and, and showing that like, we're not gonna just sit back and allow um, allow the system to continue to, to chew us up and spit us out. So I'm definitely looking forward to the potential for full in-person learning to be sort of a, um, finally a, a opportunity for students together to rally, um, perhaps in the literal sense of the word, rallying against racist structures and systems, um, but also really organize and really, really um, make moves to help bring more humanizing education, more humanizing uh, policymaking to their schools and to their cities and, and regions for sure. So that definitely gives me hope. What, <laughs> what reminds me that the adults have a lot to learn still is a recent tweet from former Secretary of Education, Arnie Duncan, and you know, race to the top, Obama administration, Arnie Duncan. And in response to the murder of 13-year-old Adam Toledo and folks, Hopefully you, well, not hopefully, I don't know. It's up to you. But um, the video of his murder is something that I don't think you need to see. I watched it. I saw it. And this boy clearly had his hands up. He clearly decided he's going to go ahead and um, comply. And he stopped and he dropped whatever he had and turned around with his hands up uh, wearing a, a Nike hoodie that said, just do it right across the chest. And right through that just do it went the officer's bullet. And 13-year-old Adam Toledo will now be 13 years old for all of eternity. And in response to that murder, Arnie Duncan said, Quote, with all children like Adam Toledo who might be struggling, it's up to all of us to mentor them, to guide and nurture them. When we don't, the streets will. Every child is looking for their village, their community. We decide what they will find. We failed and the streets won. So that was his tweet in response to this state murder of 13-year-old Adam Toledo. Um, I didn't realize that the streets are what took Adam Toledo. I thought it was the officer's bullet right through his chest. I didn't realize that it's up to schools to stop the um, circumstances of these communities that have been so, for so many decades, so many centuries um, at this point, um, marginalized and um, just left to just I don't, I don't even know where to go with that, Jeff. How about, how about you let us know, what are your thoughts around uh, Mr. Duncan's tweet about Adam Toledo, who was murdered by Chicago police. Yeah. Yeah. So I was outraged when I saw the tweet. And, and funny enough, when I first saw the tweet, I didn't realize who it was from. So I was just like, oh, man, this is a whack like message. You know, somebody's like trying to shift the blame from this this officer and this police department and this system of law enforcement that just continues to murder us in the street for no freaking reason whatsoever, okay? Right. And, um, you know, or I guess I should say for just like racist, <laughs> classist reasons. And uh, then I saw it was from Arnie Duncan. It just it just like hit me in a in a new way, man. Not not because I've ever necessarily held Arnie Duncan in like great esteem, but I you know the 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 move by an educator, right? By someone who knows systems of education. This dude was head of the Chicago Public Schools, the CEO of Chicago Public Schools, right, right, for many years. Then. 
who was the U.S. Department, uh, uh, U.S. Secretary of Education, right, head of the U.S. Department of Education, has more access to data and information about how societal inequity plays out in schools than literally probably any other human being in our country, <laughs> okay? Like, he, he has all the information, all the perspective, all the access that could be had. For him to put out a message like this that talks about we failed and the streets won, um, all children like Adam Toledo who might be struggling. I'm like, what do you know about Adam Toledo and what he was struggling with or not? Okay. Um, and what the hell does what he was struggling with have to do with this criminal policing uh, set of practices that shoots us dead when we got the video and we got the image of him hands up after running yeah. away, not being a threat to those officers. So, um, you know, and I'm not interested in, the, in, frankly, in like the rest of the story. Even if he was guilty of something, it is neither the police's job to commit summary execution of a person who they think has committed a crime, nor is it um, you know, their job to, uh, you know, to, to, to be oppressively policing in communities and harassing folks on the street and causing violent interactions with people. So for Arnie Duncan to be in a position of, of both planting the seed that somehow Adam Toledo's, uh, you know, behavior, life choices, past experience, whatever, is responsible for his death and then to sidestep the fact that it was the police who shot him dead as a 13-year-old child is crazy to me man like this is yeah. this is the literal embodiment of of a white supremacist paradigm of thought on education that says like oh man all we needed was like more mentoring programs and then Adam Toledo would have been alive or all, you know, all we needed was like, you know, um, whatever, better ELA math test scores and Adam Toledo would be alive, man. I'm like, nah, dude, you are missing the entire picture here. Entire picture. I have no idea what Adam Toledo was like as a student. I have no idea what his performance was like in school. I also don't care. It has nothing, no relevance <laughs> to the issue at hand, which is they murdered him for no reason with his hands up while not posing a threat, right? But he was a threat because of who he is, the neighborhood he was in, the kind of people that he's assumed to be because of all that stuff, because of the racist and classist systems around him, man. And for Arnie Duncan to not be able to see that and to put out this this quote that sounds like the kind of thing a police chief would put out is wild to me, man. Like it's, you know, it's so it's disappointing, even though I probably shouldn't be disappointed, but it is disappointing because you have a responsibility in his position to uphold something different than what he did. Yeah, it's uh, really, really disappointing. I saw a lot of a lot of folks appropriately um, slam Duncan for for his take there, and uh, a lot of teachers um, comment about how they themselves have thirteen year old students. And for a lot of us, you know, when I saw the image of Adam Toledo, like photos of him um, prior to that night, 
Like he reminded me so much of one particular student I have, you know, he just really resembles him. And just hearing a bit more about um, Adam Toledo and, and I just couldn't help but think about this one particular student that I've had. And it's just, uh, damn man, 13, like children of color are not, are just never allowed to be children. You know, it's just like so many folks out there saying like, oh, you shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't be doing that. And as a 13 year old, meanwhile, 18 year old or maybe 17 year old, I forget how old he was, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, much larger weapon, went out there and killed people with it and walked right back past police and was able to drive home. And, you know, we found out this week that several uh, law enforcement officers have been contributing to his defense fund and, and supporting um, Kyle Rittenhouse. It's like, how come, how come the white kid with an assault weapon who showed up to a different state to confront folks who were rightfully protesting against uh, the attempted murder of Jacob Blake. Why does he get to be a kid and get all this support? But 13-year-old Adam Toledo, folks like Duncan are like, well, you know, the streets took him, the streets did this, the streets did that. It's like, oh man, Adam's gun wasn't as big as, as Kyle's if Adam had a gun at all. I mean, they showed a picture of a gun that they found near him. But at this point, we don't know what, you know, anything, we don't, we don't know if anything that the Chicago police say is, is true. But in any case, it's like Kyle had a bigger weapon. He killed unarmed protesters with it and walked right back by police and has since been supported by police. So why can't children of color just be children and get the love and support? Um, you know, it's just you know uh, what else is, enraging. You know what else is crazy about that, man? Well, just jump in for, yeah. for a quick second. That, that also happened this week is that officer who shot Jacob Blake seven times. Mm-hmm. Back, back on the force, man. Back working. I missed that this, one. Damn, this, Jeff. Yeah, back working this week, man. So, <laughs> like, yeah. It, it, I'm sorry. I'll hand it back to man. you. But like, you just, you just made me think of like the layers of twistedness of this. The white boy literally murders two people for no reason at all. Carrying a freaking military weapon down the street, getting water and props from the cops, and Adam Toledo running away. Hands up, fully unarmed, and within a couple seconds, boom, dead. And th- and now they want to emphasize that they tried to do CPR and stuff. Look at the heroic efforts yeah. of the officers, blah, blah, blah. Not here for it, man. And Arnie Duncan wants to write these white supremacist mythology tweets about, oh, this was the streets that took him, man. Like, have you been to Chicago, dude? Like, the level of inequality and structural oppression in that city is ridiculous, dude. And and I mean, frankly, it exists in lots of cities around the right. country. It's just that Chicago is so big and you just like, you see it, man. You just see like, they don't give a shit about the people in this part of town, <laughs> like right. zero care given to them. And then you see the beautiful, like shiny metal bean downtown in Millennium Park and you, you know, all the beautiful skyscrapers and the beach and all this. I mean, it, Pete. Yeah, man. I don't know, man. It's it's a mess. Indeed a mess. And we have a whole crew, a whole all of the above family of listeners and, and viewers out there who also know that there is work to be done. And the school system by no means is like the site where all these problems will get solved, but the school system is the realm within which we work and the realm within which we could really help bring in and usher in some humanizing, anti-racist, liberating practices and curriculum so that we can hopefully contribute to 
eventual justice and liberation for all these communities so that future Adam Toledo's are, are never encountered with that um, violent structure around them. Um, so that being said, Jeff, um, our slow chats, we have not talked about the slow chat here on the actual podcast. And if you're not on Twitter, you're like, what the heck are they talking about? So we just want to um, shout out the fact that our previous episode with Joe Truss, um, we, we wanted to keep the conversation going. We wanted to keep the conversation going and um, we chose a, a Twitter chat as one way to do it. And if you're not familiar with a Twitter slow chat, that's where uh, we release a, a separate discussion question each day and you can um, comment on it and, and, and be part of that conversation asynchronously. We all know what asynchronous means now. And um, <laughs> so um, if you haven't already, uh, especially if, if you're on Twitter and if you're not, you know, make a profile, join us. I don't know. But if you haven't already, uh, check out the hashtag AOTA show and hashtag dismantle WSC for dismantle white supremacy culture. And you'll see the questions there. And I think question three drops today. Question three or four drops. Four. Yeah. Four yeah, drops yeah. And it doesn't today. matter. You could go back to question one. It doesn't matter if you're listening to this like a week from now, like you can still go back to question one, uh, which was in the year since the killings of Ahmad, Brianna and George, what has changed in education and what hasn't? Like go on back there and, and jump in on that conversation. We're gonna try to keep the conversation going because uh, we know like you know that there's work to be done. And one way that we get the work done is in community and in collaboration with each other, exchanging ideas and building upon ideas in order to help usher in some educational justice. So. Hashtag AOTA show and hashtag dismantle WSC on Twitter, slow chat happening right now, happening over the course of several days. Jump in there and uh, we want to hear from you for sure. Um, we want to shout out everybody who has already subscribed to the YouTube channel and who's already given us that five star review. I think we're up to uh, 40, 40, I think, reviews in Apple Podcasts. And we know we have, we certainly have way more than 40 uh, listeners. So when you have a moment, if you give us that five-star uh, rate us, review us, all that good stuff, um, that goes a long way. It really, really does. And we really appreciate you for that. Uh, Jeff, anything that I'm missing? Um, you know, I think you hit it all on the head there, Manuel. I will also just say to all the educators across California who are returning to in-person instruction uh, this coming week or just returned to in-person hybrid instruction last week or the, the secondary educators in uh, LA who are coming the week after next. We see you, um, you know, and, and let's, let's do this, man. I mean, it's, it's gonna be both beautiful and terrible, I'm sure, in, in all kinds of ways and everything in between. And, uh, you know, let's, let's make the best of it. Um, for ourselves and and our the young people and communities we serve and um, props to you all for for what has been heroic service in a difficult time. Let's uh, let's finish this year strong, man. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Next week, folks. Next week we'll have another full episode for you featuring Benoit Shepard. He's a music instructor. Um, and a whole lot of other stuff. Runs a nonprofit for music and the arts and, and director of education for a separate nonprofit. And we're going to talk about the impact that this pandemic has had on uh, arts instruction, um, 
music instruction and really what the future holds with all this talk about so-called learning loss and all of that. What is the future of arts education in a world where folks think we got to really boost that um, science in, in English and math? Like what happens to the arts? It's going to be a great conversation. You don't want to miss it. Make sure you subscribe, five stars, all that good stuff. We love y'all. AOTAshow.com, all the episodes, all the links, all of that. All right. Now it's time for you to go ahead and uh, get to class.